You're listening to season four of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. I'm Kimberly Evans, and I'm so happy you are here. After planning events and working in the marketing industry with so many incredible clients and entrepreneurs for almost 20 years, along with personally experiencing hardship in life and business, I've discovered how powerful our mindset and purpose is in creating a life of joy and celebration while having a whole lot of fun along the way. Join me with a coffee or cocktail as I connect with inspiring leaders, entrepreneurs, tastemakers, and extraordinary people as they share their journey in life and business and how they are striving to live a life of purpose. Your fears and beliefs in yourself will be transformed as you work towards creating the best version of yourself from the inside out. You're in good company. Cheers to celebrating simple life. Today on Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, I'm chatting with Mashid, owner of Paper Ocelot. The art of fine stationery has been reinvented in the most beautiful way as she brings her fine art and graphic design background to creating the most stunning wedding stationery and fine art products. After her family immigrated from Iran to Canada, as a young girl, she embraced every opportunity that came her way in order to pursue the creative spirit she had igniting within her. From invitations and love letters to illustrations, prints, and wax seals, you are not going to believe her attention to detail. She has such a kind heart and beautiful spirit. Tune in as we chat all about building a business from the ground up, following your dreams, and choosing the road that fulfills your life's purpose. Hello, Rashid. How are you? I'm good. How are you, dear? This is so lovely to chat with you. I miss oh, you. I know. I miss your face. I really do. Like, when we can meet again in person, oh my goodness. I am going to, like, I'm going to hug you so hard. There's, you don't there's even gonna know. There's going to be, like, like, warrants out for physical abuse. Oh, Because it's sure. going to be attacks on hugging. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of, like unsolicited hugs going around yeah totally sorry for the unsolicited (laughs) touching but this is happening yeah (laughs) I am so excited to chat with you you are just I'm trying to think of the words to describe the talent and creativity that I'm sure is percolating in your beautiful mind 24 (laughs) seven, but when it reveals itself out of your mind to, for the rest of us to see in physical form from your beautiful creations, I am just in awe of the like paper product might be like next it might be in like the top five of my most favorite things I love (laughs) paper like the smell and the like going into a stationary beautiful stationary store and just looking and touching and smelling and all of the things like oh yeah best yeah sister you are 100% on the same wavelength as me I will open a book and (laughs) I will smell it I will. We're, we're laying it all out here today. Oh, we're here sure. in the, the good, the bad, and the ugly here. Yep. The smelling of books. I smelling of books. There's actually judgment. a word that came out in I think 2015 or or something. One of the you know how there's always new words being invented. Yeah. And um I believe it was a a bookstore owner or a writer created this word called Velicor. 
And it stems from the word petrichor, which is the smell of rain, the smell of earth after rain. Mm. You know, that really nice smell that you get of like grass and Mm -hmm. earth. And that really, it's a very like hard to describe smell. It's very like tactile and emotional. Well, velicor is the smell of old books. (gasps) Oh my word. That the smell of brilliant. walking into a, a library or an old bookstore and the emotions that are filled with that. Oh my goodness. I love that. Oh, I'm going to try to incorporate that into my vocabulary yes. now. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. So obviously this passion that you have for paper and stationery and creativity doesn't just go from sniffing books. It's beyond the sniffing of books. It involves some touching. That is not your business. Yeah. If only it could be your business to just sniff books. How, how is your background in graphic design and just the creative process that you have led you from, I want to hear your background and how it led to opening your business that you are thriving in today. Um, well, it's, it's a bit of a scattered story. My, my CV is like absolutely scattered. I, I personally, as, as an individual, I, I leap at different opportunities when they come to me and I, and I always value experience and opportunity over like stability and job security. So I'm always about that, like experiencing new things. And I've always been sort of a, I don't want to say a non-conformist, but more of like a, a seeking of passion, just constantly seeking what brings you joy. You know, when I was younger, my parents really wanted me to become an engineer or a doctor. And I always wanted to just be creative and play. So I always sought out that. I, you know, went on all, all the possible creative journeys, applied for every single contest as a kid, you know, submitted every single possible, you know, five-year-old drawing I possibly could um, to, to, you know, the professional, you know, exhibition shows. You know, here I am, in, you know, this like fourth grader submitting to like the fine artists, oh the university God. shows. That I did everything, amazing. everything from like, you know, submitting to have a stamp made. I, I had a stamp made when I was in like fifth grade with the, with Canada Post to having my show at the Mendel to having um, collaboration of paintings inside of the um, the mall the Sask uh, the, the center mall up here on Eighth Street yes. they, there used to be a tunnel yes. with paintings and I participated in three of those paintings when I was in high school so I'm always just leaping at those types of opportunities and so when university finally rolled around and I had the opportunity to actually focus on what I wanted to do I studied classical fine arts and video game design oh my <laughs> let's just put those on the polar opposite end of the spectrum right of creativity that is fabulous right just like going out and trying two totally different things and seeing where where my creativity leads me and you know because I, I had a love of both things I thought you know why not why not try I mean they they definitely have something in common so 
you know, why not try them out? That is so amazing. I love that you are able to recollect these stories, even from childhood of things that are just so pertinent to what you do now and how your story sort of started from such a young age in the creativity art world. Yeah. Oh, my, my parents always, they used to roll their eyes at, at me when I was a kid and and they still do because I always, (laughs) I always collected anything I could draw on. You know, when, when we first moved to Canada, we didn't have, we didn't have very much. We were, we were immigrants, um, basically just on living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And uh, my parents were learning English and I was starting school and we really basically had to, to scrounge to get by. So I, I was, I was three when we came to Canada. So I, I grew up here, but, you know, I do have some of the memories of, you know, immigrating and some of the hardship that we had. And, you know, I remember drawing on the back of my parents um, English schoolwork while they were learning English I would take their notebooks and I would draw in them and then eventually I stopped doing that because I mean that's their homework (laughs) and the at that time the star phoenix used to come wrapped in these um these paper packs they would wrap the star phoenix in this like all of your flyers everything would be wrapped in this paper pack and the inside of the paper of the newsprint was blank so I would get these sheets of like cardstock, basically of, of newsprint cardstock. And my parents would keep them every single day. They would come in, they would keep them and the neighbor's kids, you know, the neighborhood, they would keep them. And I would get these deliveries of these stacks of paper every week. And I would just draw on them and paint on them and anything I could do on this like recycled (laughs) newspaper. Oh my goodness. That is so creative. Oh yeah, I I honestly that I think that's where my, my love of paper started was because I couldn't get good paper. Yeah. I always collected yeah. wrapping and packaging and bags and you know flyers, anything that was that felt nice. Wow, I love that. So where did your where did your family immigrate from? Where we immigrated your... from Iran. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the eighties, um, late eighties when we finally came to Canada and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting story and we'll probably have to do a whole other, (laughs) a whole other episode on that. Yeah. Wow. So then once you are, so you're in university and you're studying these two very different forms of art and how you can show up in a creative field, how did you, how did you make the decision from there to present of really focusing on fine art and getting into sort of the wedding stationery and the just special event type of paper products? That is a very good question. Um, well, after university, I, I ended up living in Japan for a year. And I ended up studying a lot of like folk crafts and, and fine traditional crafts. And sort of that was more of an extension of my university education. And when I left Japan, I moved to Victoria and I ended up working in corporate for five years and in like graphic design and web design. So I really didn't touch 
paper, you know, proper paper goods for a long time because everything was web-based. Everything was computer-based. If I did do any paper printing, it was all glossy, like heavy glossy stuff. Um, And it wasn't until we moved to Saskatoon that I sort of started feeling like my business or my, my creative side didn't have any direction. And so I, I stopped working for corporate and I started working for entrepreneurs and small businesses and taking my graphic design experience from corporate into a smaller scale. And that didn't quite, didn't quite fill me with the joy I was looking for. And, and I had been carrying around art supplies everywhere we'd moved to just like carrying around this like bulk of art supplies that I never really got around to using. And so my husband, he recommended, you know, why don't you just try to like give it away, you know, give it to, to people who, you know, will put it to good use if, if you just feel like it's sort of weighing you down. And so he recommended that I start an Instagram page and just give away my art supplies. So I did that. I, I started photographing my art supplies and put them on Instagram. And the next thing I knew, I was sending art supplies to people all over the world for my own stash and writing letters to people. That turned into like a pen pal letter writing experience. I was sending postcards. I was, you know, sending letters. I was sending like random things. And as my, as my art supply stash shrank, my stationary stash grew because I was purchasing stationary to write letters to people and people were sending me stationary to write more letters to people. So I would be getting, you know, fountain pens and beautiful paper and vintage postage and wax seals and ribbon and all kinds of ephemera. And, you know, and then I would send it back to other people. And so I, I, ended up having this beautiful experience for about a year and a half of you know building this letter writing community with hundreds of people I'd be writing like 40 letters a month sometimes oh okay like I can't I don't even have words right now I'm sitting here with like my mouth gaping open this is the coolest I don't believe in accidents but accidental never did you intend for this to be obvious? Never. You're just trying to sell your supplies. Sure. Let's yeah. listen to our husband's advice. I wasn't even trying Instagram to like sell them. Yeah, I wasn't even trying to sell them. I just wanted to give them away to Someone people who would use them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh they were just sitting here in like tote bins, not right. being used. Yeah. This is yeah. so unreal. So for a year and a half, you are just going to town on the letters and you're yeah. realizing, I'm guessing during this time, you're feeling the, you're feeling the flow. You're feeling the creativity. I'm starting to feel something. Yeah. I'm starting to feel something for sure. And, you know, one of the things that was starting to be apparent was my handwriting was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> and this gives us I know you were expecting for something that else. has actually seen your work to date, <laughs> now hearing you say you have atrocious handwriting, that's like, doesn't actually compute in my head. Okay. <laughs> yeah, totally not expected but I had absolute garbage handwriting it was chicken scratches and I I was looking I was like I'm sending letters to people hundreds of letters all the time and I'm getting beautiful letters back from people like their penmanship is like I'm not saying they wrote in calligraphy but they had nice penmanship and I was like I gotta work on my penmanship (laughs) I gotta sort this out so I used some of the stationery that people sent me 
some of the fountain pens and I tried to learn how to, you know, relearn my alphabet in cursive. And it wasn't until um, January of 2016, the new year of 2016, that I saw on Instagram that a group of calligraphy instructors from IMPATH, the International Society of Calligraphers, were hosting this like daily calligraphy class on Instagram where every day they would teach you one letter. So I signed up along with a whole bunch of other people and every day we'd watch a video of how to write a new letter in traditional calligraphy, like classic traditional calligraphy. And so after that day, I would spend an hour or so writing out the same letter over and over again until I was confident in that. And then next day would come and I'd write a new letter. And by the end of the challenge, by the end of the, the workshop, I had learned calligraphy or at least, you know, the start of calligraphy. (laughs) And then I spent the rest of that year from February on practicing and writing more letters and getting better at calligraphy, writing all my letters in calligraphy, um, practicing more, participating in every single, honestly, I participated in every single challenge that came up on Instagram. Anything that anybody was doing, I was I was on it. I'm going to learn how to do this thing. I'm going to be a better handwriter. Right. Was my goal. So at this point, are you still working as doing your graphic design and, and that type of thing for these small businesses and that kind of thing? And you just have clients and you're just doing this in your off time. Yes, that's right. That's exactly what I was doing. I was still doing branding work for my clients and um, learning calligraphy along the way and it it really helped actually having that graphic design background because I understood typography I understood I understood composition I understood line and it was it just felt like a natural transition so what was the catalyst then that finally turned this sort of you just taking on these personal challenges to yourself to be better and to, that is not a skill that a lot of people possess to be able to just self motivate to learn something new. I feel like as grownups, that gets harder and harder to, you it know, does. like mm-hmm. life gets busy and full and we make up a billion excuses as to why we can't quote unquote, learn how to do something. Cause of course we can, if we actually really wanted to, um, but for you to take the time and like letter by letter, like that is such a testament to your like attention to detail and to your work ethic and to you just wanting to be better for yourself because that there was no other game plan here at the moment. You're like, I just want my handwriting to not look ugly. (laughs) That's exactly, that's honestly, that's exactly it. Like I, you know, it's not that I I didn't have clients as a graphic designer. It's not that I wasn't, you know, working enough. I, I was working. I just didn't have, I, I just didn't have the same joy in my work. And, you know, I was, I was new-ish, you know, coming back to Saskatoon made me feel a bit isolated. So I needed to, you know, sort of reconnect with people, have more of that, you know, tactile experience. And um, I, I, I think, Honestly, it was just something completely different than computer work was what I needed. Something going back to traditional, you know, instead of typing out emails, because I did that all day long, Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, 
chatting on text and and you know I, I needed to to write people letters I needed to have that intimate connection oh my goodness I love that so how did this then move forward into all of a sudden being a business um at this point what pivoted for you well to be honest the thing that changed was somebody telling me I couldn't (laughs) try me right (laughs) (laughs) that that was pretty much it that was pretty much it so somebody Um, told you that you couldn't like that you couldn't start a business or that the calligraphy kind of type business wasn't really a thing it was that somebody told me I couldn't sell wedding stationery (gasps) And it was, it was somebody I was working with at the time and they felt like it was a conflict of interest and, and they, they just told me I couldn't do it. Not that I, not that I wouldn't be good at it, right? but that I just couldn't do it. I wasn't allowed to. Right. And so I took that as a challenge and like everything else you've done in your life, challenge accepted. <laughs> right. So long story short, here I am. Here we are selling the wedding stationery and doing a good job. <laughs> yep, exactly. I love it. So you're the lines of products and the designs and the pieces that you put out in these, like This is not for anybody listening who has not had a chance to follow the links are in the show notes. Um, So click to follow through on Instagram and your website, just to look at the detail in the line of products that you put out because each collection that you do and each project that you work on, like there's, you can tell, it's like, you can tell, I mean, I know, I know you and and love following your work so like I see this but there's such a different feel in it yet you can tell that it's your work it's like this like perfect balance of like you can tell that this is definitely one of your designs yet all of your products when you're featuring different things and posting on Instagram of projects you've completed for clients that are getting sent all over the world it's stunning like, it is just stunning the work that you do. I feel like being in, being in the event and marketing field for my entire career, obviously I started in the wedding and well, not obviously, but I started in the wedding industry. And so all the little ornate details, and I haven't done weddings for many, many, many years, but starting there, all the details that come with it, and even in other events and social gatherings and entertaining all of that, those little details, I always have like my eye, like zoomed in, tuned into, I love that kind of stuff, but you take paper product to another (laughs) level. Like there's, I remember years ago, I did some invitation design to, um, in a, not in a calligraphy sense, but in just like really beautiful ornate sort of invitations that kind of all work together in sets. And it was sort of just the beginning in Saskatoon, at least we're always a little bit further behind than maybe what's going on in other parts of the world. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. These like gorgeous, stunning collections of invitations that we offered and I designed them and and, like was a part of sort of like, it was a very hands-on 
custom assembly layers of beautiful paper and enclosures and things and all of the jazz to make it really special. And they were at a very high price point, these invitations, because mm -hmm. of the amount of time, energy, work, attention to detail, just the whole package that you were receiving was different than deciding you were going to print them at the box stores printers and put them on to regular eight and a half by 11 white paper and cut them yourself at home. You know, this is not the scenario. Those are, it's fine to do that, but yes. these are different products. Yeah, that's right. So your level though, of just the matching and the details and the different textures and ribbons and seals, like I could almost like, there needs to be a word for like not goosebumps or tingles, but I'm almost like, I'm almost salivating from <laughs> so almost talking like about paper. Like, <laughs> woo, you know, like you just want to like touch it. I can't yeah. describe it. We'll create our no, own. No, I totally, I, we will, we'll create our own word, yeah. but I, I know exactly that feeling. And that's the kind of excitement that I get when I plan out stationery. I'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to let you in on something really special. Just like you, I value my health and am so grateful for the team at Holistic Physiotherapy and Wellness right here in Saskatoon. Not only do they have an incredible clinic, but also offer telehealth virtual appointment options for anyone across Saskatchewan. I have had virtual physio and naturopathic appointments in these last few months, and they have been game changers for me, all from the comfort of my own home. And right now they are offering 10% off any Pilates package and subscription in person and online with unlimited use from right now in January until the end of March. And as a listener of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, you can also receive $10 off any of their core health services in person or virtual telehealth. They have naturopathic medicine, chiropractic, physiotherapy, pelvic floor physiotherapy, massage therapy, yoga therapy. Book online today at holisticphysiowellness.ca and use the code CELEBRATE10, or you can call the clinic at 306-373-0060 because this is your year to take care of you and feel your best. You know, the, the, the dream of combining anything really in this, you know, beautiful package, I, I call it branding. It's, I'm branding my brides and my couples yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's taking my knowledge of graphic design and, and branding and, and applying it to, you know, weddings. And it it really is, it is exciting. It excites me. And as a guest of a wedding, when you're receiving something that special in the mail by post with a st real stamp on it and wax seal and you're opening this up. Like I need to get myself invited to a wedding to of your clients. Like how, okay, how do I yeah. crash? I would be a pretty good wedding crasher. Let's be oh, honest. Absolutely. Like I've been in the industry Excellent for long. Guess. I know, I know my, the back, the back way into most places. <laughs> um, but like, just, it just sets the tone. And this it is does. what I talk about a lot on the podcast is just these little tiny details, whether it be for a wedding, whether it be for having people over, which we're all so looking forward to being able to entertain yes. and have people over again. But those little tiny details, it's not really even talking about the, the expense of them. It's the attention to them. It's yeah. like the, how those set the tone for something. And you just feel so special because that was thought of, and it's for you. Exactly. 
Absolutely. And I think that, you know, where, where, where I draw that inspiration from um, is honestly my time in Japan mm. and it, learning their, their style of traditional crafts, their style of modern design, but also their style of gift giving, mm-hmm. um, which is such a huge part of their culture. And it's, it's not always about the gift itself, but it's about how the gift is packaged. You know, when you give somebody money at their birthday, you don't just throw it in a whatever envelope and just like, here's a card. It's actually, there's actually special envelopes for gifting money that are made out of beautiful paper. They're wrapped with this gorgeous hand folded wire paper that creates this really beautiful packaging and every step of the process is all about the experience of opening something up totally like it is this is it's the experience and I think as the world has shut down this past year and we're like ready to claw through our walls because we just want to have new experiences. That I think would be the biggest piece of what, I mean, the social connection, obviously, but that's an experience too, right? Like the piece of new experiences is huge. And I don't think that it's often, like people don't put that together sometimes Mm because you know, when you are at a function or party or somebody's house dinner party whether it's a big thing or a small thing and it doesn't have to be a big deal but you get this feeling even when you're just hanging out with friends in a casual way where you're either having a good time or you're not and there's certain things that take place where the company you are in the environment you are in what you are eating and drinking, what you're looking at, what you're hearing, smelling, tasting, like all of those things subconsciously, it's almost like a super quick zip that your brain just does this whole big thing. Like, is this good? Is this not good? Is this good? Is this not good? And little details make a difference. Absolutely. Well, that's exactly it. It's, it's the make and break between being comfortable enough to be yourself and enjoy yourself or being on guard the whole time yes totally oh my goodness I love that you said that I lived in Taiwan for a year um many years ago like (laughs) yeah like coming up on almost 20 years but it was the same concept of like money giving and gifts and the way that like these silk envelopes with these ribbons and papers and ties and the whole thing like it I agree with you like I think there's something to be said like it is an art and a handwritten note is an art and all of these things that I am trying to pass these down to my kids as a you need to write a handwritten thank you card when you Mm. receive something this is not just a thank you on a text message. No, like we need to take it a step ahead because people remember these things and it's special. Absolutely. And that's, that's something that like I, I, I took away from my experience there. And I mean, we do it to some extent here, but you know, in Japan and, and a lot of the, the Asian cultures, because, because there's so many different, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an overload of senses there. There's, there's so many things going on. There's so many people, there's the rush and hustle and bustle that, you know, it's, it's easy to forget to care about people. 
But when you take the time to wrap something up nicely, when you take the time to write a nice little note or choose the paper or, you know, go to a stationery shop and, and, you know, spend the 10 minutes to find the right wrapping paper. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. It doesn't matter if it's going to be ripped. It's not about the end result. It's about the first experience because you as a gift giver are taking the time to experience giving a gift. And in turn, the receiver is carrying on that experience. So it's not like, a division of experience you're basically passing on your love of that person to that person and then they continue to pass it on so it just becomes this like I don't know it's something that we're we're definitely lacking yeah I agree and I it is an art and I think that it just takes one by one for us to like just appreciate those things and I think this is such a perfect time to be having this conversation because life is ever changing and you can't know what is coming tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. I think to, yeah, some people might think that, Oh, that's too much. There's no point in doing that. And that's fine to each their own Absolutely, to spend the time in your own way. And there's no right way to do it. It doesn't mean you have to learn calligraphy if you don't feel no, passionate no, about of it. course. but you did and we're able to turn that into such a amazing way to especially for weddings to make something so special on a day that's such a big deal exactly. and yeah to be able to like have that sort of set the tone that's always what I used to say to my clients too is like the paper product is the first thing if you choose to send a digital evite if you choose to send out beautiful calligraphy invitations, if you are making them yourself, like to each yep. your own, but whatever you choose to do, this is setting the tone for everything else because nobody else besides hearing, Hey, we're engaged. That's the first thing they've heard. And the next thing they receive is an invitation. Exactly. People that are coming and it's special. Yep. And it's like, you put them on, like you put them on your fridge or on yep. your desk and you have it there and it's like you bring it I always bring them with me to whatever I'm going to because it's like okay the details are on here and it's like a part of the keepsake of an experience of the whole day that's exactly it and that's something that I try to you know instill in my couples and I've been very grateful to work with couples who appreciate stationery because then I get to take that that experience of gift giving and and that experience of choosing paper, you know, of, of you know, the, the Japanese concept of choosing paper and wrapping things up and, and apply that to wedding stationery, because I have such a hand on hands on experience with my couples, they get to experience that joy of creating their wedding invitations of choosing their wedding invitations of working with me to design their wedding invitations so that when I go to assemble them, I take their joy, and I put it into the assembly process. So that it's filled with love. And then that way, when the guests receive it, they get to receive that same experience. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I'm, <laughs> I always hear on social media or just in the world in general that, you know, why bother investing in wedding stationery? It's just going to get thrown away. Why bother investing in paper? It's just going to get thrown away. But the truth is that, one, beautiful wedding invitations never get thrown away. Yes. Yeah. So true. And two, they are 
the longest lasting element next to your photos in a wedding. They're the first thing that your guests receive and they're the last thing that your guests take home. Mm -hmm. They keep. They actually, guests actually hold on to your wedding invitations for six months, three months before the wedding and three months after the wedding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, food lasts 12 hours, flowers last 24 hours. You get the photos, not all your guests get to see them. You know, the, the stationery is the, the, the longest lasting item. So whether or not it's, like you said, digital or, you know, something that's been pre-designed or printed on homemade pa- or um, printer paper, or maybe it's printed on handmade paper, whatever it is, it's the first and last thing that your guests have and, and it lasts the longest. I love that. So how would you say your experience in digital marketing and graphic design and the digital piece has helped you sort of from a growing your business perspective on sort of having the knowledge and the information that you did to grow your own business, knowing that your paper products are not digital, but obviously beautifully photographed and being able to show people what these look like to attract these clients from all over the world. What would you say has sort of been that process for you from the beginning when you grew to now where you have such an incredible following, you've been featured in amazing magazines and publications and blogs and um, stylized shoots and all kinds of really cool places that your paper just looks stunning in. And what would you say has been sort of your strategy from, for those listening who are trying to grow their business and are like, ah, is this working? What am I doing wrong? Why can't I get more people to follow me or why can't I sell more products? I mean, obviously for you, your products are, they speak for themselves. So your issue is never, is my product beautiful or wonderful enough that sells itself, but just the backend strategy, I guess, of like how you've sort of grown to this place where people are finding you from all over the world, living in Lowell, Saskatoon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, I think there's two parts to that. I think the first part is having worked in corporate and, you know, tech-based businesses, I've learned to not get emotionally attached to my work. I've, I've learned to view my work objectively and from a design standpoint, which has actually allowed me to inject emotion into my work, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, I, I can step back emotionally and not get emotionally invested in the designs I'm creating so that when I present it to my couples. If they're not emotionally connected to it, I don't get upset. Right. I just want to make it better for them so that I can take their emotions and inject it into my work. Yeah. And I think that has been a really, you know, big um, helping point for me because I, I so often uh, talk to different stationers and hear them um, ask about how, how can they you know, how can they educate their couples? How can they get over that hurdle of, you know, well, this is my creative work. And, you know, how, how can we get past the whole proofing process? And, you know, and, and I try to help them with like, it, it's not about how artistically connected you are. That's important, but it's also important how your couple couples feel about the work, you know, removing your own personal emotions allows you to inject a greater emotion 
into right. it. Like they're not saying you're a horrible person because that's right. not connecting with it. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. And that's, that's something that I've, I've learned is to not allow, you know, uh, criticism to emotionally affect me because the, the truth is that, and this is the same it, working with branding design work, I am experienced making business cards and wedding invitations. I have created branding for people over and over again, but this is your first time. Yeah, totally. And that's what is the most important is it's your first time. You might not know what you're saying could be offending me. You might not know that when you say you don't like the color of something that I've been slaving hours and hours choosing the color, you don't know that. This is your very, very first time creating your wedding invitations. And that's the most important thing to focus on in the process is it's, it's not about me getting upset that you don't like my work. It's about me helping you love your wedding invitations. Yeah, totally. So how do you find putting your, putting yourself out there when you started even to present? Cause I know that growing your business is sort of an ever evolving kind of thing. It's not a stagnant oh good, now I've grown my business to this level and I'm done, you know, especially as mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial mindset is always like, what can I do different and what's better next? and what's add next? this? What's next? What's next? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So how have you found that growth for yourself in um, getting to where you are right now and just continuing, I'll use the term, push the envelope. Hey, right, right. Ah! <laughs> oh, nice. Good one. <laughs> um, honestly, I think it, it, I think it comes back to that little elementary school machine who applied for everything, submitted to every single art project, regardless if it was out of her skill set or out of her age range. Um, I, I, apply to everything as much as I can I I will take a hundred percent of the opportunities that come my way regardless of whether or not it's gonna work out for me or if it's gonna pan out for me like I don't go into it with the mindset of what's in it for me I go into the into it with the mindset of how can I help uplift your vision or your project not what can I get out of it And I think that's what's really helped me with collaborating because collaboration is so important. Being a solopreneur and being like isolated and not having any other people in my field around me, you know, collaboration is so important and going into it with the, with the concept and mindset of uplifting other people instead of just, I just want my work showcased. Right. Oh my goodness. I could honestly talk to you for hours. This has been like, I have goosebumps and like my heart is racing talking about this topic because I am passionate (laughs) about all of these things. And yet we are in different sides of a similar industry, but the feelings and the way of coming about it is the same. Like the end goal is the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So every episode I ask my guests, these lightning round questions so that we can get to know the real you. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, What book are you currently reading? I wish I had time to read books. So I'm listening to podcasts, audio books. And right now I am listening to um, the entire unfinished collection of J.R.R. Tolkien's books. So all the stuff that wasn't full finished or published. Whoa, just some light listening. 
Yep, just some just some old fashioned English literature. Good for you. Um, are you a coffee drinker? And what's your coffee order? I love coffee. Um, it is almost eight o'clock right now, and I'm still drinking coffee. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I am a black americano drinker, and if I'm feeling like really peppy and flirty, I'll have a cappuccino. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll just like, I can almost smell coffee right now. Just hearing you talk about this. I have been off caffeine for a while and it was a rough go. Like, wasn't sure I was going to make it to the other side. Thought that this is might might be where we're, where we're calling (laughs) it. This is the end. (laughs) However, it feels so great not having it now that I don't know that I'm ever going to reintroduce it, but I miss my Americanos and just the, because I'm such the a dark roast coffee person. Oh, yes. yes. I'm like making coffee to just sniff it. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Just open, open a fresh bag of yeah. coffee just to smell like, it. That's all I want. It's just the smell. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay. This is like one of my favorite questions. If you had a theme song for your life, what would it be? <laughs> this is a hard one for me. It's a really tough one because I am always listening to, I have music playing in the background all the time. And right now I'm listening to like chill waves on YouTube, like just like random chill music. Yeah. And I would say like the chill waves would be my theme song right now. That's what I want it to be. (laughs) Right. Like that's if you're like essence had music to it, you would want it to be that. Yeah. Like just chill vibes. Yeah. Well, and I noticed you've been like posting some really beautiful reels on your Instagram and there's like the K-pop and the, the music going like random music. Feel, yeah. Feeling it. I I'm glad that you're feeling it. They, they've been fun. And I like try to try to inject some of that in there. And I think that's where the chill bit, um, yeah. waves kind of fit in. Cause you can basically like mix any kind of music into that. I hear you. I love it. That's a good answer. Okay. This is also my favorite question, especially while I'm trying to eat healthy this year. What Uh is your favorite junk food? Pizza. Oh, that would be my first and last supper. Like forever. Oh yeah. We love pizza. It's actually turned into like a weekly meal for us. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's actually turned into an issue. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it it is an issue. Like it's so much of an issue that I like want to build a pizza oven in my backyard. Oh my goodness. Honestly, like our friends got one of those like portable pizza ovens that are legit hooked up to like propane tank pizza oven. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We do some outdoor pizzas, which can be safe and distanced. Just throw your pizza. Like it's so good. So good. I want to build like a brick and fire, like brick and log pizza oven and just like go all out. Well, you heard it here, folks. She's she doesn't ever back pizza down from party a challenge. At my yeah, place. <laughs> challenge accepted. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll bring the wine. Perfect. Um, when was the last time you belly laughed? And what were you laughing about? Okay, I'm always belly laughing. My husband is hilarious and he he will take every opportunity to try to make me laugh especially when I'm in a bad mood like especially if I'm cranky or just not feeling it he will go out of his way to just do random things to make me laugh so it's it's gonna be hard to pinpoint a time because I'm I'm always laughing 
Does it ever like make you angry and then you have to like take a little oh, while to yes. like come around? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I have to be like, are you actually like this isn't happening right now? Just leave me alone. Oh, yeah. And then like <laughs> and then as soon as like that happens, like and he like makes a face, I just I, I lose it and I start laughing. That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Where are you most looking forward to traveling? When we can travel. (laughs) I am most looking forward to going to France Mm. in 2021 or 2022 for the artist um, retreat or, or um, what is it? The, I I applied to be uh, the artist residency. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That is what I'm most looking forward to is spending two weeks in the French countryside at a French chateau, just making art, eating French food, going on long walks through the French countryside. That's, I'm oh. so looking forward to that. I could like actually cry tears right now. That sounds so magical. <laughs> Let's go together. I'll just stuff you in my suitcase. I, I am there. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story and just how you take this beauty in your work and you just, I don't know, I could just feel you shining through this conversation. It's just been enlightening. Well, thank you so much for, for inviting me. And this was, this was fun. It was just such a fun time just chatting with you. Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is supported by the Ministry of Highways. You know me, and winter is not my favorite season, but I am so grateful for our highway workers who operate our snow plows to keep our highways as safe as they can be, despite our awful winter weather. Did you know that snow plows pull over every 10 to 15 kilometers for you to pass safely? This means that even if you are as impatient as I am, you know that you are giving the snow plow some space in order to pass safely which keeps everyone safe on the roads. When passing, treat snow plows the same way you would an emergency vehicle. If a plow is pulled over and has its lights flashing, slow to 60 kilometers and pass with caution. Always check the Saskatchewan Highway Hotline before traveling. Take your time, be patient, and stay safe. Visit saskatchewan.ca slash snowzone for more information. This show would not be possible without you, my incredible listeners. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to Celebrating Simple Life on Apple Podcasts or download and listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen. If you really want to make my day, leave a review. These reviews, ratings, and sharing screenshots of podcast episodes that were engaging for you on your Instagram stories and tagging friends that you think should hear the episode too really helps the podcast grow. It makes me so happy that I often select reviews to read on the show. And if yours is chosen, you will receive a special gift from me. Thank you for being a part of my mission to connect stories of business and life. Cheers to celebrating simple life.